Good morning, family. Thanks for joining me today. Before we get started, I want to tell you that next Sunday, November 22nd, we are planning to join our International Church of the Nazarene for a global service of thanks. If you will join me right here next Sunday, I think we'll have everything ready for you to enjoy and worship with Nazarenes from around the world. I'm excited about this unique worship opportunity. But today, let's pick up where we left off last week in Matthew chapter 25. Last week, Jesus told us a story about ten bridesmaids. Five were prepared and ready. Jesus called them wise. Five were unprepared, unready, and called foolish. So we were encouraged to be prepared and ready, which is an important concept as we move closer and closer to the season of Advent. Today, Jesus will continue that same theme and tell us another story. It's a story about a master who, before going on a long trip, entrusted his assets to his servants. Jesus called them coins or talents. To one he gave five coins, to another he gave two, and to another he gave one. The servant who received five used them to make five more. The one who got two did the same thing and doubled his gift, but the third servant buried his gift in the ground. When the master came home, things went very well for the first two who turned a profit. But for the third servant, you know what? We'd better let Jesus tell the story. Hear the word of the Lord. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The one who had received five valuable coins came forward with five additional coins. He said, Master, you gave me five valuable coins. Look, I've gained five more. His master replied, Excellent! You are a good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a little. I'll put you in charge of much. Come, celebrate with me. The second servant also came forward and said, Master, you gave me two valuable coins. Look, I've gained two more. His master replied, Well done. You are a good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a little. I'll put you in charge of much. Come, celebrate with me. Now the one who had received one valuable coin came and said, Master, I knew that you are a hard man. You harvest grain where you haven't sown. You gather crops where you haven't spread seed. So I was afraid and I hid my valuable coin in the ground. Here, you have what's yours. His master replied, You evil and lazy servant! You knew that I harvest grain where I haven't sown, and that I gather crops where I haven't spread seed? In that case, you should have turned my money over to the bankers, so that when I returned, you could give me what belonged to me with interest. Therefore, take from him the valuable coin and give it to the one who has ten coins. Those who have much will receive more, and they will have more than they need. But as for those who don't have much, even the little bit they have will be taken away from them. Now, take the worthless servant and throw him out into the farthest darkness. 
People there will be weeping and grinding their teeth. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. In some Bible translations, the coins or money in this story are described as talents. That comes from the Greek word talanton. It refers to a measure of weight. And it means huge, exorbitant amounts of money. The servants did nothing special to deserve this much money. It was given to them freely and lavishly. But let's play around with this idea of talent used in some Bibles. Let's think for a moment about ability. Last week I told you that my son is a trombonist. He has a wonderful talent for music. He has since he was a child. So you see, talent is given to people without any prior activity that shows they deserve it, right? We describe wonderful musicians, writers, actors, or painters as people of talent. We're a bit jealous of talented people too, aren't we? Oh, we say when we hear a lovely voice, she is a very talented musician. Or when someone doesn't measure up, we say with regret, he never lived up to his talent. Talent has come to mean a special gift, something one was born with. The shape of the vocal cords and the resonation in a person's head we call a singing talent. But not all those who have these physical attributes grow up to become a Pavarotti or a Freddie Mercury or an Adele. There have been thousands of talented composers throughout the centuries, and we know only of one Johann Sebastian Bach, only one Mozart, only one John Williams. The words of writers have enchanted us from the times of King David and Homer all the way through to Shakespeare, to Harper Lee and Maya Angelou and Colson Whitehead and Mary Oliver. Millions of words are written down every day, and despite the widespread use of television and the internet, bookstores are groaning under the weight of new books. And what a long time it's been since Rembrandt and Van Gogh appeared on the scene, even though there are hundreds more galleries and superb museums all over the world. All the people I've mentioned had, or have, great talent. They were born with a gift that was rich and unique, but they are all honored, remembered, and praised because they lived up to their talents. They were given a gift, but they worked hard and persevered to grow and maximize that gift. In our story this morning, the first two servants, the one who received five talents and doubled them, and the one who received two talents and doubled those, are the gifted people we admire who seem to do more than just please themselves. They delight the rest of us. Their gift, when shared, becomes a blessing to others. Now the story Jesus told us this morning is just as vital and true today as it was when Jesus first told it. The gift of talent is a great trust. Some people are more talented than others. Throughout the ages, much has been expected of talented people. Those who are entrusted with talents have a great responsibility to use them for growth and for good. 
Others, because of laziness or indifference, do nothing with the gifts they were born with. They squander them or hide them, just like the third servant in our story. Now, like you, I'm struck by the work of ordinary people with ordinary gifts who have risen to heights previously unknown. Whether it's in the aftermath of a hurricane or wildfire, or even during a pandemic, there will always be ordinary people who do extraordinary things. They're like the servants who received the talents and multiplied them. They are the volunteers who rush to help. Volunteers are always admirable, but the hidden ones, the people who probably think they're just doing their job or who consider themselves to have no talent are the crews and emergency workers who never stop giving of themselves. They include policemen and power crews and maintenance staff, first responders and rescue workers and healthcare workers teachers and truck drivers and road crews, people who serve and struggle and sacrifice to make life livable and better for others. If we ask these folks who respond in emergencies, what do you consider your talent? Their answer would be a shrug that might say, I'm not talented. And they might even look surprised at the question. But what a phenomenal gift they give to others. They serve maybe even rescue and heal at great risk to themselves. What would Jesus say to these people? Well done, good and faithful servant. The clear message of this story is that we should not ignore the gifts God gives to us through the Holy Spirit. That we should not treat the gifts of faith, of liturgy and worship, of service and compassion with sloth or indifference. We must stay awake, as we learned last week. We must be alert, and we must be found working with what we've been given. The Old Testament prophet Zephaniah tells us that God says, I will punish the people who rest complacently on their dregs. Does that sound particularly harsh to you? You see, God expects us to invest the talents he has given us and to use them to their fullest worth. And for that, we need energy, watchfulness, and perseverance. We shouldn't hide these gifts. Faith that is hidden, that does not result in acts of love and devotion and service, is like the buried talent. It is a terrible kind of waste. And if you ask me, the best investment of your time, talent, and treasure is consecrating it to God's kingdom dedicating our efforts to pleasing the one who gifted us in the first place. Now, Jesus knew that the price of complete devotion to God could result in death. Yet he did not waste a minute of the time he spent on earth. In his love for us, he tells us in the story that he expects the same from us. But notice that he is willing to wait. Notice how Jesus said that the master stayed away a long time. That means that we are given repeated opportunities to use, not to squander our talents. When the Apostle Paul wrote to the Thessalonians, he called them children of light and children of the day. He was not talking to lazy followers of Jesus. 
They were people who honored the talents entrusted to them by serving one another and loving God, and in doing so, shining light. Paul reminded them to encourage one another and build up each other as indeed you are doing. We all long for praise and approval, don't we? But no words from strangers or friends can compare to the words of the master. Did you hear what he said to the good servants? Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been trustworthy in a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. My prayer for you is that you obey Jesus so well that one day you hear him say these words to you, Well done, you are a good and faithful and trustworthy servant. Wouldn't that be awesome? Let's pray. Good and gentle God, be our strength when times are hard and our confidence that today's troubles will pass. And together we shall journey through these dark days growing wiser through our experiences and deeper in our faith. Help us to be wise and to be prepared and ready for you to show up in our lives and in our world in unexpected ways and in unexpected places. Help us as we watch and wait for your appearing. Help us to be peacemakers and bridge builders in these difficult and divisive times. Help us to believe and speak the truth at all times. Help us to be thankful for the gifts that you generously and graciously give us. Now, using the words debts and debtors, let us pray with boldness the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Thanks again for joining me. Your mission this week is to love at least three people, and make sure at least one of them doesn't deserve it. Okay? Everyone needs to know that God loves them no matter what. Right? Don't let the cares and concerns of these days rob you of your joy. With Jesus, we always, always, always have hope. Again, let me remind you that next Sunday we're planning to join with our worldwide church for a global service of thanks. You won't have to go anywhere. It will be virtual. Now receive these words of benediction today. The Lord bless you and protect you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his face to you and grant you his peace. Amen. Amen.